Good morning. Uh, my name is Isaac. Today uh, there are two Bible readings. The first is from Matthew chapter 27, verses 27 to 56. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him. And they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him. As they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. They compelled this man to carry his cross. And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull, they offered him wine to drink mixed with gall. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head, they put the charge against him, which read, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him saying, he saved others. He cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour, there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lemma sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, this man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the others said, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the, temp the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom and the earth shook and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him keeping watch over Jesus saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, this was the son of God. There were also many women there looking on from a distance who had followed Jesus from Galilee ministering to him among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. The second reading is from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 to 15. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, 
and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by cancelling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. G'day, my name is Jeff. I'm so sorry that I can't be with you at Epping here today on this Good Friday. Unfortunately, I have to head uh, off into isolation as my wife has uh, just tested positive with COVID. So I've just uh, quickly recorded this and then I'll head home for, I guess, a week's enforced holiday. Um, but uh, I do uh, really value the opportunity to share God's word with you this morning at this Good Friday. Uh, can I encourage you to have your Bible open, please, to Colossians chapter 2? And uh, we're going to look together at Colossians chapter 2, think about what it means and how it applies to us on this Good Friday. Let's pray. We'll ask God for his help. Our gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you because of your great mercy to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that as we reflect this morning on, on who Jesus is and what he has done for us, that you will... Give us great confidence and hope and assurance, uh, knowing that he has done everything that we need to be saved. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. There's one thing that I associate with Easter, and that is being full. Being full of food. Now, uh, it's not going to work quite so well for me this year as we're going to be in isolation. But uh, generally speaking for me, an Easter week starts on the Wednesday night where we have our Bible study dinner and I eat too much. Thursday night we have a family dinner. I eat too much again. Good Friday, of course, is overeating on hot cross buns and uh, fish and chips is the tradition for us in our family. Easter Sunday, no doubt, that's another massive meal, overeating again. And then on Monday... We generally uh, go to the Eels-Tigers game, and that's when the Easter chocolate Easter eggs go on sale, and so we stuff our faces with half-price chocolate. Uh, for me, Easter involves being totally stuffed full for about a week. Uh, my uh, associate, Warren Esdale, has done some research using his scientific training. He's graphed out my relative BMI development, measured calorie intake versus calorie usage. And uh, he's worked out what I'll look like in another month if I keep eating as I do during the Easter week. All right. Now, I'm not here to excuse my gluttony, but today, what I want to say is this. Easter, Easter is all about fullness. Yes, Easter is all about fullness. Of course, though, I'm not talking about the fullness of eating too much. But there are two kinds of fullness that Easter is about. And they're both here in Colossians chapter 2 and verses 9 to 10. Two kinds of fullness. 
The first kind of fullness is this. In Jesus, that is the Jesus whose death we celebrate this Good Friday, in Jesus, all the fullness of God exists. All the fullness of God exists in the man Jesus. So that first Christmas, as as Jesus was born, the, the fullness of God became man. God, that is, the whole of God, the fullness of God became a man. God came into a human body. It's there in in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Have a look with me. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, For in Christ, that's Jesus Christ, the Christ that we celebrate, whose death we celebrate in Good Friday. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity, deity means God, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Do you get what that's saying? The Jesus who was born that first Christmas, who died that first Good Friday, had in him all the fullness of the deity. How much of God was in Jesus? Answer, all of it. All the fullness of God. In other words, there is no part of God that you won't find in Jesus. All the fullness of the deity lives in him. Now, friends, as we think about the death of Jesus, as we reflect on the death of Jesus this Good Friday, this is actually a vital concept. When we think about the death of Jesus, we are dealing with the death of all the fullness of God. This is good news. It's good news because it shows us that In the cross of Christ, it is God himself who is showing his love for us. Let me explain. It's not like God looked at us in our sin and said, hmm, I'm going to send someone else to fix it. No, no. All the fullness of God came to us. It's not like this. It's not like God is angry with us, but but Jesus has come to earth to our rescue, like like a mother duck protecting the ducklings from some dangerous animal or something. It's not angry God and and saving Jesus. Or or it's not like this. It's not like um, that first Good Friday, God punished his son Jesus on the cross in some kind of divine child abuse. No, no. In Jesus... All the fullness of God has loved us. In Jesus, all the fullness of God has come to us. In Jesus, God himself has dealt with our sin. Have a listen to these verses from the Bible. And notice how the Bible tells us that God is in Christ dying for us. The first one is 2 Corinthians. Chapter 5, verse 18. All this is a gift, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Or, or, or look at this, uh, think about this next verse. Think about this next verse. This is a very important one. This is Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. It's an interesting sentence. I mean, how is it that God can demonstrate his own love by Christ dying for us? If Jesus is other than God, that's not God showing his own love. 
If Jesus is anything less than the fullness of deity, it makes no sense. I mean, if I say to you, I love you, I see you've got this terrible problem, I love you, so I'll send Carmelina to fix your problem. I mean, that's, that's pathetic. That, that might show Carmelina's love, it might show my bossiness or something, it doesn't show my love, does it? But here's the thing. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. When Christ died for us, that is God dying for us. That is God dealing with our sin himself. That is God satisfying his own justice out of his great love for us. And friends, that's the first fullness we celebrate at Easter. The fullness of God has come to us in Christ. On that first Good Friday, all the fullness of the deity was on that cross dying for us, showing to us the love of God. The second fullness that we celebrate at Easter is in the very next verse. Let me read again from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. Colossians chapter 2 verse 9. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given fullness in Christ. As talking to Christians, the Bible is saying here that Christians have been given fullness in Jesus. What does that mean? Well, to understand, I need to give a little bit of background about this letter that we call Colossians. So Colossae is a place, it's a, it's a city in what is now Turkey. And the people here in the church, these Colossian Christians, they were some of the first non-Jewish people to put their trust in Jesus. Now, as you're aware, I'm sure uh, Christianity is very much a, a Jewish religion in its foundation. Jesus himself was Jewish. All the disciples, all the early Christians, the, the writer, the Apostle Paul, all Jews. But over time, the message about Jesus spread to non-Jewish people as well, to, to what the Bible calls Gentiles as well. And the thing is, when non-Jewish people started to become Christians... That upset the original Jewish Christians. It upset them because they were used to a whole heap of things, things like being circumcised, things like obeying the law of Moses, things like having certain holidays, things like eating only kosher food. They were used to all of these, all of these practices, all of these traditions. And when non-Jews who didn't do these things became Christians, it, it upset them. They found it very difficult to associate with people who weren't circumcised and, and, and ate crabs and, and pork and things like that. And so what some of the first Jewish Christians did, they tried to talk the non-Jewish Christians into following Jewish customs. They said to, to, to the Gentiles, you've put your faith in Jesus? That's fantastic. Good on you. We love that you put your faith in Jesus. But now what you need to do... You need to get circumcised and you need to follow the law of Moses and you need to um, celebrate the Jewish holidays and, 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 eat, and eat kosher, follow the food regulations. But the Apostle Paul, here in this letter that he wrote to the church in Colossae, he says, no way, no way. He says, if you're trusting Jesus, that's it. That, that's all there is. If you're trusting Jesus, he says, you have fullness. You don't need anything else. In Christ, you have everything that you need. You are 
full and you mustn't try to add anything else to Christ. So, um, in verses 11 to 12, Paul deals with the issue of circumcision. And he says to the Colossians, if you're trusting in Jesus, you're already circumcised with with the true meaning of circumcision. And you haven't cut off a bit of your flesh. No, no. When you're baptized into Christ, he says, when you trusted in Jesus, your whole old life of sin was cut off. If you trust in Jesus, your whole old life is gone. You've been given a new life, a resurrected life, a life that even death cannot take away, a life that will last forever. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 11. Have a look with me. In Christ, in him, you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. Not with a circumcision done by the hands of men, but with the circumcision done by Christ having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith and the power of God who raised him from the dead. In Christ, we have fullness, a fully new and eternal life, fully set apart to God. Our whole old life of sin cut off, no need to be circumcised anymore. Paul also tackles the idea that Christians need to follow the law of Moses. And again, he says, no way, no way. He says, if you've put your faith in Jesus, then everything you've ever done wrong, every way you've broken God's law is finished. He says, it's like God's law with all of its demands and and with all of its condemnation when we break God's law, all of its demands, all its condemnation has been nailed to the cross with Jesus. In Christ, we are fully forgiven. In Christ, we are fully saved from God's coming judgment. In Christ, we are fully right with God. And there is nothing we can add. It's a whole new way of being in relationship with God. The law of Moses, that old covenant is finished. Verse 13. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature... God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code, the law of Moses, with its regulations that was against us because we broke it and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Trust Jesus. Law of Moses is finished as a way to be in right relationship with God. You have everything you need in Christ. Next, Paul tackles the idea that Christians have to follow the Jewish holidays, Sabbaths and that kind of thing, or or, or the Jewish food regulations. And again, he says, no way. If you rely on Jesus, eternal rest and joy are fully yours. If you rely on Jesus, you have the reality that the Jewish holidays and food laws foreshadowed. Verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. You see the point? Paul is saying to the Colossians, if you trust in Jesus, you have everything you need in your relationship with God. Everything you need. If you trust in Jesus, you are fully saved. If you trust in Jesus, you are fully right with God. If you trust in Jesus, you are fully given eternal life. You you, you need not, and you must not, try to add to Jesus. Because in Jesus, we have fullness. 
Now, of course, this doesn't just apply to Jewish rituals. That, that was the issue here in this letter for these first Gentile Christians. This actually applies to anything that people say you need to be right with God today, whether that be doing good things, being a good person, or, or whatever religious practices people choose to invent, whether it be related to food or washing or special ceremonies or, or stained glass windows or pipe organs or anything else you can think of, whatever it is, if you're relying on Jesus, you don't need it. Because in Christ you have fullness. In Christ you have everything you need. You cannot be any more right with God than you are through trusting in Jesus. Nothing else adds to what Jesus has done. It only takes away. I want to tell you a very sad story. Uh, the other day we had visitors at our house for lunch. My wife Carmelina cooked up a storm and after an entree and two helpings of main and two helpings of dessert, I was ready to explode. I was so full, I could barely move. I was sitting at the table trying to stay awake when a terrible thing happened. Someone offered me some lint chocolate balls. Now to me, a lint chocolate ball is like a little piece of heaven that has fallen from the sky. I love lint chocolate balls. The problem was, the problem was, I was full. Not, not, just, not just a bit full, not just full in the main stomach, but still had room in the dessert stomach full. I was full, full. No room whatsoever. I remember the moment so vividly, as for the first time in my life, with, with tears in my eyes, I said no to a lint chocolate ball. If you rely on Jesus, you're full. Fully forgiven for all your sin. Fully in the right with God. God is fully happy with you. New and eternal life is fully yours. And that means we don't need, nor should we want, anything else in our relationship with God. You don't... You don't start with Jesus and then move on to follow Jewish stuff. You don't start with Jesus, but then keep going by being a good person. You don't start with Jesus, but then go on to be a good Presbyterian. You don't start with Jesus and then move on to anything. You start with Jesus, and you finish with Jesus. You start with Jesus, and you stay put. Paul put it beautifully back in verse 6, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. He said, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Where do you start? You receive Christ Jesus as your Lord. You say to God, God, thank you so much that Jesus died and rose again for me. Please forgive me my sin through Jesus. Please, uh, please, I submit myself to Jesus as Lord. Please, may Jesus be my Lord and Saviour. You start by receiving Jesus as your Lord. And where do you go from there? Nowhere. Just as you receive him as Lord, you continue to live in him. 
You, you stay right where you are. You, you grow in your faith and knowledge of Jesus. You overflow with thankfulness for what Jesus has done, the full salvation that he gives. Yes, friends, Easter is about fullness. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. On that first Good Friday, God himself was dying on the cross for us. And why? To give us fullness, full forgiveness, full salvation, full eternal life. Now, for many of you who aren't stuck in isolation like I am this Friday, you're about to head off to a Good Friday lunch. You'll eat plenty of hot cross buns and fish and chips or something like that. You're going to eat too much. You're going to be full. Well, can I encourage you today? Be full before you even get to lunch. Be full before you leave this building. Receive Jesus as your Lord. Ask him to give you full forgiveness for all your sin. Ask him to give you full salvation from God's judgment. Ask Jesus to give you the fullness of eternal life and a place in heaven. Have Jesus as your Lord and be full this Easter.